0: Back to Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. I am Sonny Bunch. Uh, I'm very pleased to be joined again by Tony Davis. Uh, Tony Davis has been on the show before. We talked about 3D and projectors and all sorts of stuff. We're going to talk about a little bit of that again, but we've got all sorts of new things to talk about in the world of film projection and at-home watching and everything else. Uh, Tony, uh, for for those of you who don't remember, he's an electrical engineer uh, who moved from X-ray cat scanners into the cinema technology business over a decade ago. Uh, he served as the vice president of technology at Real D, uh, the company that enables 3D movie presentation in over 30,000 theaters around the world. Uh, and his company is Tessive, where he is developing technology for movie cameras and post-production. Thanks again for being on the show, Tony. Really appreciate it. Well,
1: thank you, Sonny. It's great to be back. Good to talk to you.
0: So I I uh, reached out to you uh, because I got a pair of technical questions from from different folks that I had no idea how to answer. Uh, this this uh, this holiday gift buying season, they were trying to figure out what sort of four K disc players to buy and whether they needed Dolby Vision and I and I wasn't I wasn't sure I wasn't sure entirely how to, to answer all of these questions. Here was the first question. The first question was, if I have A 4K. I've got a 4K Blu-ray player, like the actually the 4K Blu-ray player, Mm -hmm. um, and I play a standard Blu-ray in it. Right. Uh, the image will be upconverted, or whatever, whatever the proper term is, to a 4K-like quality. Um, the the question on their end was, what is actually doing the converting? There is it the player or the TV? But the question on my end is, how does that actually work? Where does wh- what what are the what are the programs that make the uh,
1: additional information just appear? out of the ether and onto your yeah, TV. Just magically new data shows up. So the so for the first question, who does you know, which device is doing that up conversion? The answer is generally speaking the first device that interacts with that media, so it'll probably be the Blu-ray player. Uh, although uh, often they have options to turn that off, so you can trans- you can say, "Oh, I, I want this sent through at its at its native resolution. I don't want you touching it. I want you to send that to the next device, which could be your audio amplifier, which also decides that it wants to do an upconversion. You need to tell it to not do that, which then goes to the TV, which you know may decide it wants to do an upconversion too. So uh, this. We'll we'll get into this more probably later, but um, as you have these chained consumer devices uh, sending a signal from one thing to the next, having to deal with various standards, uh, in this case resolution, other things, high dynamic range or what the audio signal is or who knows what, um, it's a bit of a mystery who's – going to do what in that chain. Uh, But generally speaking, each device is going to try to do the best thing with it it can at its point, at the point of origin, and then pass it along at the best quality to the next device, depending on the next device's capabilities, which it can query over the HDMI line. So there's this this Mm -hmm. kind of back and forth, hey, what can you do? And here's what I can do with it. And they sort of negotiate something and then generally turn it into digital hash probably along the way.
0: Uh, I mean, it, it. I will say that. I so I my, my setup at home for uh, just just for comparison purposes. I uh, I have a, a PlayStation Five hmm? that I uh, use as my disc player. I have the disc the disc version and a LG OLED, uh, the one from uh, last year, I guess. Right. Um, and and I will say that my Blu-rays, I'm I'm very I, I am hesitant to upgrade very many of my Blu-rays to 4K because the image looks really good. I mean, it looks, you know, right. I mean I, I I can see I can see maybe a minor difference between uh, the 4K and the and a 4K disc or a 4K stream. We'll talk about that in a second. Right. And the the upconverted Blu-ray,
1: um, not enough to not enough to really necessitate the upgrade. Right. Well, and that's, and that's almost certainly true. So the Blu-ray standard, uh, so the standard high definition Blu-ray is an excellent standard. Uh, the, the images that come off of a standard Blu-ray are fantastic. Uh, there's a lot of data behind it, uh, just in in terms of total amount of data on that disc that's able to, to come through. It's a lot more than you can usually get over your internet connection. Uh, and when you do an up conversion, so your second question was how does up conversion really even work? Um, yeah, the answer is, there are a few different ways to do it. Um, but the standard way of doing up conversion without getting into any kind of fancy math is to do it the same way we've done it for, you know, half a century, uh, which is to go to a particular branch of mathematics, which describes what we're trying to accomplish. And that's a branch of math called sampling theory. Uh, and it, uh, what it does is it's, um, It's looking at the data on that disk as if it's data representing something that is the continuous original image, the original real world. Uh, And there is math to tell you, if you have a couple of points measuring the real world, how can you determine the point in between? Now, it will not be a sharper point in between. You will not get additional sharpness out of the image through this sort of math. It's going to be the same level of sharpness you had at 2K. But what you're going to get rid of when you do that, the the reason it looks better, is you're not going to see those pixels. Those pixels are going to become essentially smaller. Uh, and when that happens, it actually presents a more pleasing image on the screen. It's a more accurate representation. It really is. When you go from a 2K image to a 4K image, um, you know, the way we tend to typically present things on screens with these kind of square pixels that we, that we put on screens, uh, when you have more of them and you can take a low resolution image and Upscale or upsample it to that, you're going to end up with a more accurate representation of what was on that disc. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, going from 2K to 4K is, generally speaking, an improvement to the image quality. It's an improvement to the presentation of the original image that was on that disc. Uh, So, uh, and in a lot of tests, especially if you're coming from things that were sourced from film, from 35 millimeter film. Uh, there's not really a lot more data on that 35 millimeter film than a Blu-ray, than a 2K Blu-ray will represent. So you're really mm-hmm. going to have something that looks, you know, basically, you know, very, very good or very perfect on your screen when you upsample it to 4K. Yeah,
0: I mean, it, it just it, it, it again. I uh, I have found myself just sitting there thinking, like, is this? Did I put in the 4K disc or the 2K disc? I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure. Um, and and yeah. I, and occasionally, and once I actually did put in the the Blu-ray disc instead, because you know the the DVD uh, box set comes with you know a DVD and a Blu-ray and 4K and a digital copy, and right. like, and I accidentally put in the the Blu-ray once and I was like, well, this. Am I not quite seeing it? And I think what was missing was the HDR, right? So that is the big upgrade in in 4K and on many of these these television sets. You know, uh, the the OLEDs, the QLEDs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What? Let's talk a little bit about what HDR, high dynamic range, is, and the the varying formats and the the kind of competing standards that are that are. Uh, up against each other right now. Because, again, the second question that I I got that I wasn't really able to answer was, well, if my... Do, how how much stock do i need to put on dolby vision versus hdr10 versus hdr what am i what am i the average consumer really going to get out of these and i wasn't i wasn't actually sure what the answer was my my set plays my my tv plays dolby vision and it plays hdr but my ps5 doesn't play dolby vision but right. my apple tv does stream in dolby vision and i'm just like i'm i'm not 100% sure what all the what all the differences here are
1: right so we're having another format war so everybody um, you know everybody you know hang on because uh for the format wars are upon us always so uh, when we when high dynamic range came along we needed some new ways to transmit high dynamic range video uh the the kind of straightforward so Roughly speaking the way to think of it is there are two tiers of high dynamic range there's a kind of static high dynamic range and there's dynamic high dynamic range <laughs> great <laughs> the uh, static high dynamic range it, generally speaking that's HDR10 so when we when almost everything can do HDR10 it's a it's a uh, it's an open specification all the TVs handle it. All of the devices handle it. It's the baseline HDR, and it looks great, right? So HDR, and that just means the 10, and that means it's a 10-bit transmission of, of data per pixel, per color channel per pixel. Um, and it's a high dynamic range uh, s- system. There are a couple of standards now competing for dynamic, high dynamic range. So w- what what happened? Well, th- the problem is if you have... so. You, When you have high dynamic range and you've got new sets coming along with with much greater capability in terms of how bright they can get, how many nits they can, you know, peak nits they can hit, uh, there was perceived uh, a need in the industry to have uh, standards for transmission of of data that could uh, hit different brightness levels and still maintain good quality at the low brightness levels. And uh, to do that without increasing the data rate enormously because we do have kind of limited pipes for the data. We've got these HDMI cables and they can only send so much data through. Uh, the idea was, well, what we'll do is we'll send a little bit of information about each scene of the movie. So as, as a scene changes in a movie, so you go from an interior to exterior or something like this, the there's going to be this quick transmission of a bunch of numbers uh, to say something about how bright the scene's going to hit and things like this. And that will be used by the TV set to – Uh, scale the brightness numbers that are then coming in on a per-pixel basis. And that's a dynamic, dynamic high-dynamic-range system. And there are Mm. two two of those. That's Dolby Vision is one of those and HDR10+, Plus, which is the other competing standard Dolby Vision. Both of those can be kind of down-converted to HDR10. So if you have a Dolby Vision a uh, uh, master, and you've got a Dolby Vision device, and it's talking to a TV that can't do Dolby Vision. Say uh, it's a Samsung, uh, and it does HDR 10 plus, but it doesn't do Dolby Vision. Um, there will be a negotiator with the HDMI line. Oh, hey, you can't do this, and it will uh, turn it into HDR 10, which will look pretty good. So you're going to have a pretty good HDR image on your screen, but it won't have the full range that HDR that the that, that Dolby Vision could have had. So you kind of need to match up logos a little bit on on these devices. Um, it appears to me uh, that Dolby Vision is kind of winning out, but I don't know. HDR 10 plus has Samsung behind it and it's got some mm-hmm. studios behind it. Um, I, I think there are some sets that do both. I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look that up again, but uh, it's, yeah. it's one of these things well, becoming guess, irritating.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is the thing is that it 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 is irritating and it is happening largely under the radar. I mean, I like didn't even really think about it until it, it, somebody asked me yeah. and I was like, well, I, you know, I don't. I don't actually know uh, what the difference between HDR10 and Dolby Vision is. I just kind of assumed all HDRs
1: were more or
0: less the same. that's not uh, a
1: bad assumption. I mean so until we get display sets that are much much higher brightness than we're currently getting uh uh so right now you know a lot of the displays are hitting you know 2000 nits or something like this peak brightness until you're hitting 10000 nits 5000 nits 10000 nits uh some of these uh new standards probably don't matter that much uh mm-hmm. and uh, most people won't be able to tell the difference. That's a blessing and a curse. What that means is on one hand, everything's going to work for most people and it'll be kind of okay. On the other hand, it means that if the, if you've got a system that's set up slightly incorrectly and it's not working and it's doing some sort of wrong conversion, it's not going to be immediately obvious to you. So you'll pay extra for this extra high dynamic range with extra peak, peak brightness and you and it'll look pretty HDR and you'll be fairly happy with it, but it won't be doing what you actually paid for and you won't know it because there's no, yeah. there's no blinking red light saying, hey, this isn't working right. So, soft failures are sometimes not great. But.
0: Well, I, I guess here's my other question: Is the average person watching at home able to tell the difference anyway? No, right? Am I am I <laughs> am I going to be am I sitting there watching you know a a a 4K disc on my PlayStation Five that's coming in in HDR that was mastered in Dolby Vision? And like going to be angry if I you know if I go out and get an actual you know Sony 4K player that can play Dolby Vision and hook it up to my TV and then play the same disc, I might be like, oh my god, I've I've been wasting my life these
1: last twelve no, months. I think, I think you'll be fine, and I think I think most people will not tell the difference. Uh, I don't think I would tell the difference to be honest. so. And I look at these things all the time. I think it's probably fine. Uh, so uh, you know, this is one of those things that it's. Um, it can kind of be much ado about nothing. Uh, you know, we can, we can get all wrapped around the axle about, uh, you know, which, which exact standard we use and this sort of thing. And I think that's probably why it stayed off the radar to a large degree is because for the most part, it's sort of working itself out behind the scenes. Most people don't know the difference between these things. HDR is basically working. So you hook things up and you basically get HDR, uh, it, and, and most of the time it's working perfectly. Uh, and, and it's, and it's fine. Uh, if you want to future-proof yourself, you might pick a standard and kind of know what some of these logos are. But, you know, who can, who can read this, you know, this this sets of logos they put on the sides of these boxes? I mean, they go on for acres. Uh, and you're like, well, which of these are important, which ones aren't? Um and, uh, yeah, I just say, yeah, if you look, if you care about HDR, you'll want to match up the logos. If you don't care, you're going to be happy. And honestly, I envy the people who don't care because their lives have got to be so much better. So,
0: <laughs> well, this is, I mean, this is, this is what I told the person who was, who was asking me, uh, mm-hmm. was that, look, I, I gotta be honest. I don't, I don't think, I don't know for certain that your TV can play Dolby vision anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you really like, cause uh, full sco- full disclosure, it was my dad. I was trying to walk him through. I'm oh, yeah. getting a 4K mm-hmm. disc player. And I was just like, like, I, I I don't I don't know the difference between these. And as as a result, I don't think it's gonna make a huge difference to you watching at home. Like right. I just I I don't think it's gonna matter that much. But it but it is like there is now there is a like a niggling part in the back of my brain that's right. like, am I am I Am I doing this wrong? Am I under? Am I underutilizing this this set that I spent, you know, an inordinate sum of money on? Am I? Am I? Have I failed as a viewer? And well, it, it, that bothers me more than anything else.
1: You know, it's, it's just one of these things. And I was I was talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day, and I said, "It's really frustrating because for my whole life I've loved home theater equipment. I mean, this has just been a, a passion. I've loved doing it. I've loved working with it. I've loved doing other things." except for now. I mean, honestly, my enjoyment has really been going down over the last few years at, at the time when things are objectively really cool. I mean, there's all kinds of cool stuff out, out there, but there's so much weird stuff that they do. You get two pieces of equipment and they start be- interacting and behaving in really weird ways. And you always have this feeling of, I spent you know a fair amount of money on this. Is it really working right? And it's getting harder and harder to tell uh, uh, if it really is, uh, and it's getting very, very complicated. Uh, a lot of it's become, you know, it's, it's obviously very computerized, but it's it's computerized in very interesting ways that have kind of emergent behaviors. When you hook two pieces, or three pieces, or four pieces of equipment together, you get these bizarre network behaviors that that we never saw before, and. I find it very frustrating uh, because I used to have things that worked and now I don't or I'm not sure, which is actually even worse than it not working. <laughs> if it wasn't working, I'd fix it, but I'm not yeah. sure and I just kind of stare at it. So I don't know. It, it, it's actually – it, you've caught me on kind of a grouchy day. I'm a little grouchy about home theater stuff, but that's okay. Uh, it's, I'll, be, I'll be happy later.
0: I think it's okay to be grouchy because it is. I you know, look as you say, it, 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 even as even as little as I don't know five years ago, right? It was mm-hmm. pretty. It was pretty basic. Yeah, and pretty pretty straightforward. It was like, okay, here here are the TVs. Here are the the Blu-ray players. And now again, it's it's almost like a behind the scenes format war. That's a great way to put it because yeah. it's I, I, I like I understand the difference. I understood the difference between HD DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. you you picked one or the other, and I picked wrong. I've still got some of those HD DVDs on my shelves. They're, uh, they're great. I'll watch but, King Kong all the time. So. <laughs> you know, but whatever, that's fine. At least at least it was understandable. And now now with all of these different H, I like I can't really. Tell the difference now. I, one thing uh, that we should talk about here is that this is a very niche argument because most people are not watching on 4K Blu-ray discs. Right. Uh, most people are watching their 4K content via streaming. Right. And what do you think about the quality of that image, Tony? What I do have- you think? What is your What is your thoughts on the state of streaming uh, quality? <sighs>
1: Did I just tell you I was having a rough day? Okay, so uh, <laughs> it is not great. It, it is mixed, right? So, boy, um, sometimes I'll watch something streaming and it looks fantastic. Uh, it'll be high dynamic range, look great. I mean, I've watched uh, Foundation on Apple TV mm-hmm. Plus is just amazing. It's 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 just looks fantastic. It comes across the dynamic I mean, range is mastered great. Everything's great. And then I go to. Amazon Prime and I watch um, the uh, Wheel of Time series, and um, there were a lot of people who worked on that series who were geniuses. There were cinematographers who did fantastic work, there were art people who did all kinds of things, and uh, just a huge amount of work to make it look fantastic, and then it hit the streaming service, and it comes to my TV and looks like just complete garbage. It is 4K. The resolution's all there, but every time we pan across a forest, uh, the the colors get blotchy and start smearing, and things get grainy, and and uh, the the skies have these weird magenta and green splotches happening in them because there's just the compression was done so terribly. The problem with streaming is not that you can't have a good image over stream. You absolutely can. The problem is this is not guaranteed. And it's highly variable from service to service and even from title to title on the same service. And, uh, and what's very extremely frustrating to me is, you know, I've, I've purchased titles on, uh, various services that, you know, so I have a title that's purchased and I go to watch it and one day it'll look great. And another day it'll look bad. And so if we watch it on a Friday evening when everybody in the world is streaming, uh, and the pipes are all clogged, I get a low resolution crummy looking version of it. And, uh, and at no point do any of them look as good as physical media, not even close. And, it makes me cranky because um, they say, well, it's a 4K stream. Like, yeah, it's 4K worth of terrible pixels. 4K doesn't tell you anything. Uh, there's a lot more to image quality. And the main thing you need is bit rate. You need You just need quantity of data. Um, and it just makes me so frustrated to see a title that should look fantastic that I would at this point – I mean, I would pay for Blu-rays of – of even the standard Blu-rays of of the uh, of the uh, Wheel of Time series, I'm enjoying it a great deal. Got some odd choices, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's it it looks terrible. Uh, it really does.
0: I I saw people complaining about how cheap it looked, and I I haven't actually watched the show, so right. I I don't know. And and have you read the uh, 14 books, 900 pages each? I've I've not I've not read, any. i know nothing <laughs> about this series. I know nothing <laughs> about this series except that it's supposed to be Amazon's Game of Thrones. Uh, substitute. Uh, so uh, I'll 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 leave I'll leave the reviews up to you. But the but the, I, I I did see people talking about how cheap it looked, and part of me wonders in the w- when I was discussing this with you earlier over email was whether or not that cheapness just has to do with the quality of the streaming and the and the compression. I mean, are people seeing are people are people like subconsciously seeing it come across onto their TV in an inferior format, and then thinking, oh, well, this just looks. This looks kind of cheap and chintzy.
1: I'm not sure because I've been I've been asking myself the same question because there's parts of it. So I look at it and I see I really do see some uh, honest, honestly beautiful cinematography. Uh, I see you know excellent costume design. I see great sets. Some of the sets are just really fantastically done. I mean it's a it's a TV series, uh, uh, so there's there's limitations of what they can do. Some of the makeup not so great. Um, some of the CGI I thought was fantastic. Some of it's pretty terrible. I really do think that the that the um, the the quality of the streaming image is actually hurting it a great great deal. It's it's making it lose a lot of the Christmas and grandeur that I actually think is there. Uh, I mean, looking at, it, I'm like, yeah, they they that's there. That's an actual shot of an actual forest. How do you make that look cheap? I mean, yeah. it's a real forest, uh, and I think that it's actually losing it in the image quality coming through. And I I, I, I just I don't know where that happened in that chain of of data, but something went terribly, terribly wrong.
0: Yeah. Do you have thoughts on the various uh, quality levels of the streaming services? Does Netflix do a better job than uh, on average? Because obviously it depends on, you know, what is what time of day it is and and who's watching what. But on average, would you say that, you know, like Netflix is better than Prime Video or HBO Max is better than. Netflix or
1: or what? Roughly speaking, I would say that the uh, the first and second slots for streaming services, and I could I could go either way on these, is HBO Max and, and Apple TV Plus. Both of those look usually fantastic. Apple TV Plus usually a little better. Uh, those are both fantastic looking uh, uh, streaming services. Netflix has gotten a lot better in the last years. And I do pay for the top tier stream cause you can mm-hmm. choose your quality and things, but I, it, Netflix has been really, really quite good, uh, lately, but they're kind of mid tier. I put them with the, you know, uh, you know, uh, some of the other streaming paramount plus and some of the, uh, you know, a lot of them are kind of, uh, and Hulu, Hulu always looks pretty good. and uh, they're all kind of mid tier. They look great. Um, Amazon prime is just all over the place. Uh, sometimes I'll watch like grand tour and it looks great. And then sometimes I'll watch things like that and it looks terrible. And, and sometimes it just depends on the time of day. Uh, and just to be clear, uh, I watch things usually on my Apple TV, uh, f- because I wondered if there was a problem with the app on the Apple TV, I switched over to the LG TVs built in Amazon app. Uh, and it looked if anything worse. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure. What's going on there? I, I did I, – it was so bad I did question my own stuff, and, I, and I've asked – I've called around and asked people, and they, they see the same exact things I'm seeing. So uh, – but yeah, roughly speaking, there is – there are differences in quality in some of the different services. Um, HBO Max is great. They, they always look good.
0: Yeah, I, speaking of HBO Max, it's funny. I went see so I've seen I've seen Dune three times now. Well, two and a half times. I didn't I didn't watch it at home the the the, the whole way through. Yeah. But I've seen I've seen Dune three times now. Mm-hmm. First was at a it was in a Dolby theater, like a, that was the press screening. It was a Dolby branded, you know, Dolby Atmos system, whatever. Right. Dolby Digital. The the, the IMAX. The I the Dolby version of IMAX. Right. Um, second time I saw it was in an, in, a, in a proper IMAX. It was the IMAX in Georgetown in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the third time was at home again i watched about half of it and i will say that part of it was probably just where i was sitting in the imax theater i was kind of uh i was second or third row in the stadium but like way on the left hand side um and when i was looking at the screen i was definitely seeing some minor pixelation some it 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 was not it was not quite as sharp as it was on the, the Dolby system, but that was, I was like sitting right in the middle, you know, dead on. So I thought maybe that was it. But then I watched it at home, and I will say that I think the image on my home set was actually probably better than either time in the theater. Really? Which was very interesting to me. I, had, I have not experienced something like that in a long time. Um, and I and I don't know if that's just a function of like it's the same amount of information coming onto a smaller screen, so it's going to look tighter and sharper, or or what? I mean, I I I obviously can't ask you to explain my own personal perception of this since you weren't there, but I I am curious if there's any
1: sort of discussion of this in in the the the, the tech world. I haven't heard any of this. I, I mean, I've, I've I've talked to some people about how how Dune looked on IMAX. Uh, I saw it two and a half times. IMAX uh, on a really nice big IMAX laser system. It was fantastic. I saw it in uh, in a standard 3D theater uh, because I did want to see the 3D conversion of that one. Uh, and then I watched it halfway at home on a set, probably very similar to yours, a uh, last year LG OLED. And uh, I... I liked it. I thought it looked very nice at home. Uh, I was disappointed in the home version because it didn't do the aspect ratio changes that happen in the IMAX version, yeah. which um, I think is a problem and a mistake, and I don't know why they don't do that because there's no reason that they couldn't, but they didn't. Um, and that's the only thing I really noticed. I thought it looked very pretty. I never noticed pixelation in the IMAX version. I thought it looked just spectacular and blew me away completely. I it was that was one of the best times I've had in a movie theater in quite a long time. And of course, the big deal on that movie, I think, is the audio experience of that movie. Yes, which is just transformative.
0: Well, I mean, it's it is it is an entirely different movie at home yeah. than it is in a theater. I mean, yeah. even I would assume even the smaller like kind of standard 3D uh theater i would assume yeah. uh is is better than watching at home than uh, uh depends yeah. on
1: your home system but <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's i i would i would say so just the the sound quality itself is is that's what you need you need subwoofers within in the room with you lots of them
0: yeah, how was the conversion? I didn't go see it in 3D. I mean, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see it. What was your What was your professional take on the conversion of Dune?
1: It was excellent. Uh, it was a very, very good uh, conversion. I didn't. I wasn't recommending people see it necessarily in 3D because it was. Uh, it was you know kind of intended as a nice 2D uh, movie. It's really quite beautiful, uh, but as a 3D experience, I thought it was quite transformative. Uh, it was. It was very, very cool. Very well, well done. They had the time to get it right. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it very much, but you know, if anybody asked me, I want to go see Dune, I'd say, oh yeah, go, go see it in IMAX on the great big screen. This is what you, this is what it's meant. That's how you are meant to see it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's, it should be maybe coming back to theaters in December. I think some, 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 some of the IMAX locations said that they were going to bring it back in December for a bit. So if you get a chance and you missed it the first time around, go see it. Um, I, myself may be going to see, they're, they're reissuing, uh, the matrix and IMAX, uh across across the country. I may I may go check that out this weekend. I don't know. Oh wow. Uh, we'll I see. didn't I hadn't heard about that. So that's uh that's very exciting. Um uh so let's see what else are we talking about here? Uh we we wanted to talk a little bit about uh the HDMI uh, cables because <laughs> I, I think we discussed this I think we discussed this a little bit last time but uh things seem to have gotten worse as the HDR wars have escalated. It used to be That an an HDMI cable was an HDMI cable and that, like, the biggest scam in the world was going to Best Buy and paying $50 for an HDMI cable when you could get the same exact thing
1: from, you know, Amazon Basics for $2. Right. But that is not the case anymore, right? It's not. HDMI is just one of those standards that was all well-intentioned and has just destroyed all our lives. Uh, It's – so there have been basically five different HDMI standards. There are four different HDMI data rates and they all use the exact same connector and the cables look identical. So there's no way to tell if your cable's going to work and there's no way for the equipment to tell that that cable's not going to work until it either you hook it up and it either doesn't work or worse kind of works where it works and then it's glitchy and things cut out occasionally and your screen goes black and you don't know why and things kind of just kind of stop working sometimes and you have no idea why that is. So my holiday gift to everyone is is this. Go buy new HDMI cables. Uh, you just need to go buy some new ones. They're not that expensive. Throw out all your HDMI cables. If you're, if you're buying new equipment and you want to run 4K high dynamic range, you need to go buy new cables, and and then it gets worse. I have more bad news. There's just no easy way to tell if you're buying. You know, there's no label on the cable that says, "Oh yeah, this is this is the cable you need." Mm-hmm. What you need to look for is that it's an HDMI 2.1 compatible cable, or that it can do 48 megabits. Uh, that it's 48 megabits compatible. That's it. And those aren't that expensive. They're just not that expensive to get new ones. And then you don't have to trip over all the old ones. That will just cause you to sneak up. You'll find one in a drawer and you're like, oh, HDMI cable. I'll hook it up. And then you have just this pain for months because you're like, why is my system being kind of weird? Um, no. And I just – the people who did this to us, they just they just deserve <laughs> terrible things to happen to them. So,
0: I, I, I did the same when – I, when I got my new TV, I basically just bought all new cables to hook up all of the, the different things to it. It made my life much easier. Uh, so I definitely recommend doing that as well. Uh, streaming
1: boxes. Oh, and by the way, the cables don't have to be gold plated. They don't have to be special. They don't have to be expensive. Right. They just have to be HDMI 2.1 compatible. That's it.
0: Right. Exactly. You don't, you don't have, again, you don't have to go to Best
1: Buy and get the monster no. branded gold plated.
0: No. You know, Amazon uh,
1: nonsense cables. Amazon basics will do. They still have, they have them at Amazon basics. Just make sure that they say on them and, and don't, don't be fooled. Some of them will say 4k. Or 8K or things like this. That's not the number you're looking for, though. That's that's a that's that's lies. That's all lies. <laughs> Look for the HDMI 2.1 or 48 megabits uh, uh, on them and, and get that. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. So let's talk about let's talk about smart TVs uh, versus the uh, streaming boxes mm-hmm. uh, because I I know folks who insist that like I don't need an Apple TV or a Fire Stick or whatever. I can just run it through my TV. Okay. Um, and I don't, I don't know what to say to them because I use an Apple TV because I'm an Apple, you know, right. idiot. I, I get all my Apple stuff and I, lo- I like, I love it. It all works together more or less. Right. Um, but I also, I also just don't use the smart TV function on my TV. And I get like vaguely annoyed when my TV tells me it needs to update the operating system. I'm like, why do you have an operating system? I know. <laughs> <laughs> just, just be a dumb, just be a dumb panel for me. That's all I want. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the boxes and what, uh, what your thoughts on the, the, uh, the superiority or inferiority of them to to just running things on your TV.
1: Well, they look so. Both situations will work if you if you have a smart TV. Um you can get a lot of the streaming service apps on that smart TV and you can do it. And one of the nice things about that is then you don't have an HDMI cable, right? I mean, you just have whatever you have for audio, uh, HDMI going out or something like this. And you don't have to do all the negotiations between two devices. That has a certain appeal uh, and uh, that's, that's kind of nice. The only thing I would say is that's good until your TV is not supported anymore, and guess what? You can have about three years out of your TV's support before it will not be supported. So, um, as a for instance, and this is you know a, a pretty standard, um, I have a 2017 LG television uh, sitting right over here. Uh, it's a smart TV. It runs WebOS, just like the brand new ones. Uh, s- many of the streaming services that I sign up for will not work on that TV anymore because that version of WebOS isn't supported anymore by either LG or the people making apps for it. So what's what's really changed is it used to be you'd buy a TV and you'd buy your VHS player and you were good. If you still have a TV and a VHS player in your garage, you could pull them out, plug a tape in and it will play. That is not true of streaming services because you're now basically part of an IT system. You are now a client of a centralized IT system, and your TV has to run client-side software. And if it can't update, it's now obsolete, no matter that it still powers up and looks like it's perfectly fine. And that's a real problem with streaming generally, but it, it does mean that smart TVs, when you bundle these things together, there's going to be a lifetime on how long that smart TV will be able to be smart and connected to the cloud and at a certain point, you're going to get an external streaming box because the TV's OS won't update anymore and you won't get any more apps. So it's good while it lasts. Uh, it's it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I do like Apple TVs. And so my attitude is basically like, well, it's coming anyway. Why don't I just, I'm going to be in an ecosystem. Let me get into the cheaper ecosystem because frankly, it's cheaper to buy Apple TVs than it is to buy TVs. And because <laughs> uh, they're even at 180 bucks, they're still a lot cheaper mm. and they're, There's lots of nice streaming boxes out there. I'm not going to get into the wars about this, except to say that I really do like Apple TVs a lot. They're a very easy-to-use streaming box. Even for non-Apple people, they're pretty nice. My only other... Christmas recommendation is if you have an Apple TV, that's not the latest and greatest version of it. You don't need to buy the latest Apple TV, but do go buy the new remote control because the remote controls that shipped with the Apple TVs for a lot of years are just terrible. Those little <laughs> those little black things that slide between the cushions can, and you can't confirm, yeah. can confirm. Those things are terrible. The new ones are, are really nice and they sell them separately. You can just buy the little smart little remotes for the new Apple TVs and they're fantastic. I gave one to my dad and he's like, "It's got a mute button." It's like, "Yes, <laughs> it has a mute button and a power button." Does it
0: <laughs> does it still have the track thing that you have to operate with the thumb to go from tile to tile or
1: it's it's modified it a lot. It's improved it. So it's now it's back to having the little rocker switch around a slider thing so you can slide with your thumb in the middle. And you can disable that if you don't like it, but it does go back to the kind of the original kind of four-way rocker, uh, thing that's around it. Uh, and, Mm. uh, it's aluminum. And so you can tell which end is up and down and it has some weight to it will not slide between the cushions. It's actually really quite nice. It's, it's a night and day improvement over the little thing that I literally, every time I picked up would pick up upside down the previous one. It was terrible, just awful. Worst, worst remote ever. (laughs) <laughs> it
0: is. It is a real. It is a real pain. Uh, I, the the plus side though is that I'm the only one who is dexterous enough to operate it in my house. <laughs> That's true. So I am king of the remote. That's the only reason I would not upgrade, is so I can maintain <laughs> my status as lord of the remote, yeah. uh, which is you know a very traditionally masculine. Uh, thing one of the few uh, that the, I what, that's, that's I what you're... subscribe to. <laughs> so well, when
1: when I was a huge fan of Logitech Harmony remotes, and they've discontinued those, and I was I was looking at remotes because like, well, shoot, I I how do I control all this stuff anymore? Uh, and uh, at least from the Apple TV standpoint, the Apple TV remote actually has replaced my Logitech Harmony as as controlling everything, as long as I'm not watching a a, a Blu-ray, which in which case I switch over to the TV remote.
0: Yeah, that's always a tricky one. That's the only thing that again, the, I'm the same way. I have an Apple TV. It's the only thing my Apple TV remote does not control is the unless I want to change the sound bar settings, yeah. of course. Which is uh, which is I literally it's I. W- w- we can talk about you know uh, what people whether or not people should worry about their sound bars and TVs and all that in a second here, but like. Uh, I, I have gotten to the point where I I just I, I actually want to literally print out the manual so I can just have it like next to my couch and pull it out. All right, this changes to this input setting. This changes to because it's all like lights and dots. I'm like I don't <sighs> I can't read this. Yeah. It's like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Like a musical tone tells me what input <laughs> I'm on. I hate it. Um, the closing thought here. In your email to me was finally don't worry too much about exactly which TV or amplifier or soundbar you buy. Uh, why is that? Why should we not? Why should we not worry? Because
1: they're all terrible. I mean, there isn't. There's no right answer. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're going to pick the good one. There is no good one. They're all. They're all garbage. Uh, that's not entirely true. I mean, but it, it's um, the. I see a lot of people agonizing over should I buy this particular device or that particular device or this, this thing or that thing. And, and what I, what I tell them is, you know, kind of relax a little bit. If you'll get yourself too wound around the axle saying, well, um, what if I pick the wrong thing? What if I get the wrong one? And, 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 I used to tell people, look, they're all going to be great. You're going to have fun. It'll be nice. And I don't say that anymore. What I say is, look, don't worry. It's all going to be terrible. I mean, you get at home and <laughs> it's, you got to lower expectations a little bit. It, it's, it's uh, You'll never figure out the settings and the apps won't update and the HDMI won't work and it's going to be painful. So, um, you know, ask yourself this question first is, do you really want to be in the home theater business? Uh, you know, do you want to have a home theater at all? Uh, and uh, look, it'll be okay. Uh, uh, these things actually do usually work themselves out and, uh, firmware updates will come along and, and, and stuff will be okay. But you, you do need to grant yourself a lot of slack as a consumer of these things. It's not your fault. Really, there are a lot of bad decisions being made in the industry right now that are not your fault. And, um, the fact that it may not work when you get it home, I mean, it, it, it just, You'll be a lot happier if you kind of understand that up front, um, and uh, and and hopefully it all works out for the best. Yeah, you know, grim times. Uh, go, to, well, go, actually, no, was... go to the movie theater. Go to the movie theater.
0: Go to the movie theater. What are what are what are your thoughts? Uh, having returned as we return now to the to the movie theater as a society, what are what are you seeing when you when you set foot back in inside of them in terms of uh, quality and quality control issues?
1: Yeah. Uh, it... So, so there've been some of the theaters where the exhibition has been fantastic. Uh, so both the Dolby and IMAX theater I went to were just, just pinnacle of, of movie theater experiences. They were fantastic. Other theaters I've been to kind of the run of the mill theaters. Um, as far as I can tell, no maintenance had been done in the year and a half they'd been closed down. And if anything, they were just dustier and not, not as well maintained. Concessions uh, suffer from the same supply chain issues and stuff that everything in all of society is suffering from. And it's just kind of depressing. Uh, I actually found, I, I'll be honest, I found my trips to the movie theaters to be sort of depressing events. Uh, uh, the, the just general facilities, the kind of atmosphere there, uh, you know, everything is just this kind of weird dystopian march through the thing and you get your. You, you pay your six and a half dollars for a soda that is mostly water. And I'm like, come on, it's six and a half dollars. I know it's a lot of money for this. At least it could actually be Coke, and, um, also I don't know who has a Felton heavy rocket who can fire Coke freestyle machines into the sun, but if we can do that, the worst. that would be, those are the worst, those, yeah. they're the worst. What, whoever thought that was a good idea, but the movies themselves, the, the, so if you, if you go to a, a good movie theater, uh, again, I, but all I can say right now, I'm telling people go to premium theaters. Uh, I, I don't have much good to say for standard movie theaters. Um, if you're going to go to the movies, go to a premium movie theater. I mean, pay for it. Uh, it's, it's worth it you're going to get the experience that you expected and it will be fantastic. And I, I, I loved every second of being in that theater. I really, really did. So. Yeah,
0: that is, I mean, that's, that is where I've been for a a while. I mean, I, 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 Go see everything in IMAX and Dolby if I can. Mm-hmm. The draft—I I do live near a draft house, and right. that usually is very the, the the draft house does a pretty good job. I don't uh, both in terms of concessions it. and yeah, 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 uh, and and actual you know image quality. They they care there, so that's that's always that's always a plus. But uh, yeah, it's it can be brutal. It can be brutal out there at the at the actual general multiplex. They should pay me six um, and a half
1: dollars to have to touch a freestyle machine. It's. <laughs> I those are I th- th-
0: they have one god where was I? oh it was in, it was actually an Angelica the Angelica in uh in in Fairfax Virginia uh had one of those and it was always just a it was it was like an extra you know 2 minutes while everybody tried to figure out how the thing worked um and then like started over again because they got like the remnants of the last drink yeah. uh in their in their soda it was it's it's always a it's always very dicey it's, it's uh, as you know I always I, I like to close the show by asking uh, uh, what I should have asked. If there's anything you want want to to let the people know so about, uh, you know, anything we talked about or anything else.
1: After all my dire things about uh, setting up your home your home theater, um, here's what I'd say to anybody looking at setting up a, a home theater or buying a TV this season or something like this. Uh, my my bottom line really is. You know, enjoy it as much as much as you can. It really can be a lot of fun to set up a new thing in your house. It, it kind of ask yourself the question of what are you trying to achieve? If, if it's if it's if you want a TV to watch Great British Baking show, that's kind of a different objective than having a TV to replace your theater going experience. If you're saying, I don't want everyone to go to a movie theater anymore. I want to watch it at home. Just know that to set up screen size at home to be equivalent to being in a movie theater, you need to sit the same distance away from the screen as the screen diagonal, basically. So if it's a if it's a 55 inch TV, you need to sit 55 inches away from that TV, you know, just basically right there with your nose on it. Uh, so you're going to need to buy a pretty big television. And so th- so ask yourself this question when you're doing this: If you reduce the cost of the television, or spend a little less on the sound bar, uh, or something like that, and instead put aside a budget for Uh, First of all, physical media, so UHD Blu-rays, which will look a lot better. That's actually the first way you can improve the image quality in your home is not to spend a lot more on the TV, but spend more on the actual media you're watching. It's not that much more uh, to, to buy discs, and they will look many times better than a streaming version of that movie. So really think about putting money aside for that, and then think about how many times for a thousand dollar saving on a TV or something like this, how many times could I go to an IMAX next year or over the next few years that this TV would last? And would I rather do that? And maybe I'd just rather watch Great British Baking Show on my iPad. So that's fair. that's fair. Uh, do a gut check a, a little bit. I, I I think that I've seen a mad dash for people saying that's the end of movie theaters. We're going to set up theaters in our homes, and it's going to be great. And I'm looking at the situation of home consumer electronics saying, are you serious? This stuff's expensive. It doesn't work. You'd have to buy really expensive equipment to do this. And there are great movie theaters out there, and they don't really cost that much compared to how much you're going to spend on this stuff. And you have to devote a whole room of your house to it. So – yeah, think hard. Yeah, I mean, that's the other.
0: You know, you have to have a space that, uh, like, not just a room that you can devote to it, but a room that is actually optimized for that sort of thing. I mean, like yeah. your average living room. You know, trying to try try to set up surround sound in your average living room with your you know TV against a wall and then two open walls yeah. and then you know maybe maybe a low rise wall behind you. I mean, it's just it's nearly
1: impossible. Yeah, it is. It is so that's anyway. I, I like I said. I'm I'm sorry, consumer electronics, you know, uh, companies of the world. I'm grouchy today, but you did this to me, so
0: you know. <laughs> you, you made me. You made me do you this. Made me do this. Uh, I, Tony, what's your what's your Twitter handle?
1: Yeah, uh, you can get a hold of me at at Tessive. That's T E S S I V E, and I will uh, I will I will respond to people there uh, and uh, happily uh, you know be grouchy there if you want me grou- If you want more grouchiness, I got lots.
0: Oh, that's no
1: shortage. No shortage in the world of that.
0: Uh, I uh, th- I want to just thank uh, Tony again for coming on the show. Uh, I like I like having him on to talk about tech tech nerd stuff because this is uh, this this is an important topic since everyone's like, oh, I'm I'm not going to the theaters anymore, as you say, Tony. Uh, I would just want to remind them that that's impossible. You can't get the theatrical experience at home. Stop trying. Stop trying. Just go to the theater. It doesn't work. But thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate well, it. Well, Thank you. This is fun. I am Sonny Boncha. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. We'll see you guys Come